0: This is, so this is a little bit different. Instead of just unpacking one, we're going to unpack uh, five. These are five things that um, I don't like in the, in the Bible. There are, um, there are things in the Bible that just aren't good. And you might have seen the title of uh, today's sermon, Biblical Sayings I Hope Never to Hear. It may sound, that may sound odd, but I think you'll know what I mean when we dig in. What I want to say this morning is that we are, a, um, we are a congregation of generations and that's a wonderful thing. But you also will hear as we walk through these five texts, each of which addresses the issue of generations, <clears throat> you'll find that um, there's some challenges that come, some intergenerational challenges that come from being a church of generations. And so we have a choice, we can be a... Uh, A contentious, contemptuous congregation of competing generations. Or uh, we can be a cohesive, cooperative congregation of complementary generations. And I think you will want to choose the latter. Let's dig in. Look at the first uh, text, which is a saying I don't like. I hope I never hear around here. Why were the old days better than these? Ecclesiastes 7.10. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. In Ezra 3, there's a really interesting story about the temple. The the Babylonians marched in 587 B.C. and they destroyed Jerusalem. Killed a lot of the inhabitants there and took the rest of them hostage. But among other things, they they destroyed the temple, they burned the temple, ruined this place that had been the center of society, the, the social and religious center of all life in Israel. And it was more important to us than any building, to them than any building than that we could imagine in, in our lives. And and the people who left mourned the loss of the temple. Decades later, the political leader changed in Babylon, present-day Iraq, where the people of Israel were in captivity, and they came back to Jerusalem. They began to trickle back to their homeland. And when they got back, a man named Zerubbabel was charged with rebuilding the temple. David had begun the original temple and then Solomon had finished it. We call it Solomon's temple. The second one we call Zerubbabel's uh, temple. He was the one who led in the building of that. And so when they laid the foundation, laid out the foundation, they had a big ceremony, much like we might. And, and when, the people, when the, the people who had bo- been born in Babylon, who'd heard, only heard stories about the, Solomon's temple, when they saw the foundation laid out, They were thrilled. They shouted for joy. This would be a place they could call their own. This would be the center of their social and religious life now that they were back. But the people who had known Solomon's temple, the people who had known the, the first temple, wept in sorrow. In fact, the Bible says that from a distance you couldn't tell the difference between the shouts for joy and the weeps, the weeping for sorrow. They both were both were loud because people were weeping because it wasn't the old temple. It wasn't as large and grand and people thought gone are the good old days. We can understand both sentiments, but but it is not a wise thing the Bible says in Ecclesiastes to linger on the past, I love our history. In fact, last week I told three defining stories from our history. I've read everything I think it's ever been written about First Baptist Huntsville. I love trips down memory lane, but the truth is our future does not rest at the end of memory lane. To have a rearview mirror in your car is a good thing. But you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror there are too many good things ahead and too many curves in the road ahead to live life in the rearview mirror. So the first thing I hope we won't say is, "Boy, I wish things were like they used to be." Second thing, follow along on that insert, that outline, please. Uh, my, I, I hope never to hear. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist, and I can say with, with certainty, I've never heard anybody say that here, but. Uh, I hope I'm not planting the idea. First Kings 12, 8, and 10. But Rehoboam, Rehoboam, by the way, was the young king, the new king. He was the grandson of David, the son of Solomon, and he had come to be king at age 41. Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. The young men who had grown up with him replied, these people have said to you, these old people have said to you, your father put a, Excuse me, these... Uh, uh, Ignore that. These people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Let me tell you the story. So Solomon had ruled, and he had ruled with a heavy fist. He had made life hard on lots of the people in Israel. So he, when he dies and Rehoboam comes to the throne, they ask for relief. They, they plead with the new king. Please don't make life as hard. Don't be so oppressive. Don't be so unjust as your father was. To his credit, Rehoboam, the new 41-year-old king, went to the elders, the old folks, and asked what he should do. And they said, these people who are complaining, they they have a right to complain. If you will ease up on them, if you will be more fair and just to them, then they will be loyal to you until death. That was the advice of the elders. And then he went to, the, uh, to his peers and he asked them what they thought and they said, those old folks don't know, don't know what they're talking about so you go back to those people who are complaining and you tell them my little finger is thicker than my father's waist, which is a parable or proverb that means you ain't seen nothing yet. And he imposed harsher restrictions, he was more unfair, more unjust, and that was the awful moment in the history of Israel when the kingdom divided. He ignored the advice of the elders and so ten tribes in the Israel pulled away and formed Israel and the two nations to the south formed uh, Judah and, and never more would Israel be the same because a young man ignored the, advi- the advice of the elders. It is as old as time, I guess, young people ad- ignoring the advice of their elders. Have you seen, there's a, there's a of saying a meme going around uh, okay boomer have you, have you heard that it's real popular when young adults say to people like me when we give advice you know they when we give advice whether it's in the workplace or about social topics they'll say okay boomer and it's usually accompanied by a, a roll of the eyes and a kind of a dismissive tone like yeah whatever does that offend me because i'm a baby boomer it does hurt my feelings i will uh, i'll admit but I have to admit that our generation did that too. We said to the builders, "Ah, okay builders, yeah, whatever. It's as old as time, but it is still unwise when young adults ignore the, the wisdom and the insights, the advice of older adults. Older adults are not always right, I'll admit, but never has been wise uh, to ignore their experience. But that goes both ways. Look at the next saying, I hope never to hear. You are only a young man. That's what Miss Kristen talked about a while ago. First Samuel 17, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. Let me tell you that story. The, the, the setting is the Valley of Elah, which is about halfway between Jerusalem and the Mediterranean Sea. The Philistines were encamped on one hillside with the Valley of Elah in between and on the other hillside was the Israelite army. And in the Valley of Elah, a Philistine, a giant of a man, Goliath, was standing down there challenging the Israelite army. He said, send me your best guy down here and we'll fight this out mano a mano. And if I win, then the, the Israelites will surrender and the Philistines will be the conquerors. But if I lose then then my people the Philistines will acquiesce and the Israelites will be the conquerors and he stood down there and he would yell every once in a while I'm waiting and and the uh, Israelite soldiers, they just kind of stood around and kicked the ground and look, wouldn't look up because nobody wanted to go. And then along came a young shepherd boy named David. He didn't come to fight. He came to bring food to his three older brothers who were Israelite soldiers. And he found out what was going on, that Goliath was down there challenging the, the Israelite soldiers. And, and he said to King Saul, King Saul, I'll, I'll go fight the giant. And that's where our text comes in. King Saul said, that's, that's sweet. But you can't go fight the giant. You're just, a, you're just a young man. Last Sunday, I told you, well, I have a confession. Last Sunday, I told you that um, Carrie and I had been out to Arizona for a Metro Pastors event. That's a group of pastors we, we've been meeting for a long, long, long time, and... and um, we, it's a peer learning group, we talk about important things, and but we also share important things along our journeys, and it's a pretty intimate group, not only a good learning group, but a, but close relationships. Two years ago, you know we're kind of aging. We, no we 're aging. See I say kind of that makes me feel better. we're aging and And so some of the people have retired. David Hall, my predecessor here, was part of that group. He retired. he's not coming anymore, and that's happening. you know lots of us uh, them are retiring and um And so, two years ago, we got serious about inviting young ministers to come to the table. And uh, this was the first year that over a fourth of the people around the table would be would be young whippersnappers. So young they don't even they've never heard whippersnappers. They don't even know what that means. (laughs) And so, my confession is this: I had two bad thoughts. One, I've been a pastor longer than. Some of them have been alive, and that's true. And I thought, what can I learn from them? And two, this will mess up the dynamic because we've not only learned together. I've been in this over 15 years. We not only learned together, but we've shared rough rough patches of the journey together, and we love each other. And I thought, this will will change the dynamic. So I, I had mixed emotions about going this year. In fact, when we got, uh, we went out to eat one night and we, we drove in separate cars and um, I, I had, uh, I, we kind of late getting there, parked the car, far place, walked in. And you know how when you go to somewhere uh, like, uh, well, most places, if there's several of you, you'll sit with kind of your buddies. Well, all my buddies, the old guys, were all sitting together and the only place to sit for Carrie and me was at a table with six of these young folks. And I thought, oh, you know, But boy was I wrong about the whole thing. We love that evening and, and I've learned from these, these young folks, I mean they're, keep, I think they're gonna keep me sharp, they're gonna keep me at my best at the top of my game. I made a bad mistake saying, ah oh, they're only young, they're just young. See this cuts both ways, it's never wise for young, young people to ignore the experience and insights and wisdom of older adults but it's always unwise also. For older adults to discount the capacity and the potential of young adults. Remember, we're, we're a congregation of generations. We can to be a contentious, contemptuous congregation of competing generations, or we can be a cohesive, cooperative congregation of complementary generations. All right, let's move on. Next thing. You are only a young man. Now, the next thing, Saul dressed David in his own tunic. It's a continuation of the same story. 1 Samuel 17, 38 and 19. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. It's the same story. David said, I'll fight Goliath. And finally, Saul relented because nobody else was going. And he said, But if you're going to go, you're going to have to follow my methods. You're going to have to wear my stuff. And young David put on that stuff. You, You can just imagine it, can't you? It didn't fit. It was clanky. He tried. He tried. He walked around until he finally said, King Saul, this was really nice. But quite honestly, this doesn't fit. So he took that off and he reached in his bag and he pulled out a sling. He reached down on the ground and he got five stones and went out and did what the older folks couldn't do. He killed the giant. So let me speak to people younger than me for a minute. The only tunic we know, the only swords we know, the only armor we know is, is what we've known. But you're fighting giant, new giants, in some ways bigger giants, than we fought when we were young. So I'm saying to you, understand why we want you to follow our methodologies, our armor, if you will. But I, I'm saying to you, you're going to need to find your slingshots and your stones because the, the giants are different. So understand, we're not trying to impose our will on you when we say, let's do it this way. But I'm saying to the young folks, I'm giving the young folks permission to push back a little bit and say, you know, that just doesn't fit. And I'm saying to the rest of us my age, let's not impose our armor on people who are fighting different giants. We are a church of generations, and we have to decide, are we going to be a church of contentious, con- contemptuous, and competing generations or cohesive, cooperative generations? generations that complement each other next saying i hope never uh, to hear and this is the worst at least my generation will be okay second kings 20 16 to 19 then isaiah spoke to hezekiah listen to what god has to say about this and this is a prophecy by the way of the babylonian captivity i mentioned a while ago the day is coming when everything you own and everything your ancestors have passed down to you right down to the last cup and saucer will be cleaned out of here, plundered and packed off to Babylon. God's word. Worse yet, your sons, the progeny of sons you've begotten, will end up as eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, if God says that it, it must be good. That's the Sunday school answer. But he was thinking to himself, It won't happen during my lifetime. I'll enjoy peace and security as long as I live. There are no more maddening words in all of scripture to me than those. Hezekiah who heard, it's gonna be really rough on the coming generations, and who said, you know, I'm gonna get to live out my life in peace And they'll give me a nice funeral. So at least it will be okay with me. Boy, I hope we never say that. In May of 2015, I was still the interim preacher here. And um, it was graduation Sunday, which is a big deal around here. And I'd heard that over in the student center during Sunday school, there was a wonderful tradition. Uh, And so I went over to the student center to, uh, stood in the back to witness it. And man, the the scene was great. You know, parents and grandparents in there. and, And best of all, the platform was filled with graduating seniors. Then they said, uh, a tradition around here is that uh, on graduation Sunday, the first graders come up and present a goodie bag for college for the graduating seniors. And I thought, well, that's cool. I'm standing in the back. And they marched the first graders up there. And I thought, uh oh. There were about a third as many first graders as there were seniors. So they couldn't go one-to-one and present that college bag. They had to kind of spread out. And I thought, when they get a new pastor, this church is going to have to address this. Or quite frankly, the future of the church is not encouraging. Well, you let me be your uh, new pastor, and I'm grateful for that. And we have been addressing that and quite frankly that the results are are wonderfully encouraging the numbers if that's how we judge effectiveness the numbers among children and young adults are really encouraging Jamie Mackey and I were texting back and forth against this about this yesterday and, and he said we are making the turn and we are by God's grace and power we are making the turn because we would not say you know at least it'll be okay for my generation. You know, well, even if we don't reach young adults and children, at least it'll be okay for me. Four years ago today, I preached my trial sermon here. Stood right here. It was tough. I'd preached, I'd been your Interim preacher for 14 months, preached all my good sermons, so to preach a trial sermon was really hard. But I keep a manuscript of everything that I, uh, I say, and I know, I know what I said to you that day. Among other things, I said this. If God leads us together, it will be all hands and knees on deck. There are big decisions to be made, risky tasks to attempt hard work to do and so I encourage you the First Baptist Church of Huntsville Alabama to do what the father of modern missions William Carey said on May 30th 1792 at the Friar Lane Baptist Chapel in Nottingham England attempt great things for God expect great things from God call me corny if you wish but I believe we are attempting great things for God what we're doing now, talking about a $7 million project for a children's area, is, is a big deal. It will require from us commitment to people who will never know our names, people yet to be born. It will require from us a vision for what our church can be and the, and the transformation of lives when we're not even around. And it will require sacrifice. This week a gentleman came to me without my initiating it. He said my wife and I had sat with our financial advisor and we had decided what we're going to give to the campaign and we felt good about that. But he said we went home after worship last Sunday and doubled our pledge. Also unsolicited a gentleman said to me this week. This is what we're going to do it has to remain anonymous but you need to know and I can't tell you what they're giving but uh, they're giving up something that is of great worth to them and good great monetary value this is going to require from us commitment and vision and sacrifice we are a church a congregation of generations that brings unique challenges as we have, as we have, as we have read. We will we decide, are we going to be a contentious, contemptuous congregation of competing generations, or are we going to be a, a cohesive, cooperative congregation of, of complementary generations? I didn't plan it this way but today we celebrate communion. And it's the perfect time to say that we're all in this together, whatever our generation. To say that no matter young or old, we are all sinners by nature and by choice. And that all of us, regardless of our age, desperately need what Jesus did for us on Calvary. Have you ever seen children when they're gonna jump into a pool? Sometimes, if there are a bunch of them, they will hold hands and they'll count one, two, and three, and they'll all jump in together. Well, I want us to keep that image in mind because we're about to, we're gonna remind ourselves that we we jump, we have jumped into the deep end of the mercy of God. And we're we're saying today, with communion on this Sunday, that across generations desperate for grace, we're going to hold hands, link arms, and, and we're going to jump into the mercy of God displayed on the cross, not separate, but all in this together. You don't have to be a, a member of our church to celebrate this. If you're a follower of Jesus, we we invite you. This is not our table, it's the Lord's table. And even as we're doing this, there are people on the internet and TV, they're going to celebrate this too and we're going to cut away to a time for them to do that. But I want us all to remember as we prepare, there was a night, a Thursday night when Jesus took a common loaf of bread and he broke it and said, this is my body and he took a common cup and he shared it and he said, this is my blood. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And that's what we're all about to do together. Would you pray?